my basic bitch creamer and I'm ready to go. I've got myself and no mic to uh, I know. To comfort oh, me. Yes, I know. So listeners, this is the second time. This is the tenacity that we have for the show. This is the second time that we have gotten together to record this episode on The Last Duel. Uh, the first time we were having what we thought were mic issues, but they could be uh, technical issues on Sarah's end. And we're not really sure what's going on. We switched out the mics. Um, I was planning on getting us upgrading our mics anyway. So, uh, but I'm not really sure what the deal is, but uh, Sarah's mic is not behaving tonight. The, even the new one I dropped off. So, uh, so we're going with just a uh, MacBook Pro speaker. Yeah. It's actually right coming here. off your headphones. Yeah. Headphones. So headphone mic, it's, it's not the, probably the sound that you're used to, but I'm going to try to apply some sweet filters to it to make it uh to to pump it up a bit so if the sound just is a little different to nicole's nicole's end just don't listen to what i say absolutely not Sarah's about <laughs> to, sarah is going to provide valuable insights on the last duel tonight and we're so we're definitely going to hear what you have to say uh, but if it sounds a little different than what you're used to listeners it's because we decided that recording the show was more important than uh trying to we're going to continue to figure out what the deal is with the, the microphone. We'll get it worked out. But we just wanted to right. talk about The Last Duel. Like, yeah, fuck it's it. really, it's a really, it's a really film. It's a really film. It's really. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll fill, fill, fill in the uh, adjective lately. later. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of adjectives we can use to describe this film. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about The Last Duel, obviously. But before we get into that, um, do you want to get into some Adam and Andy news? Yeah. All right. Well, let me pull out my my newsboy cap. Your newsboy cap? My newsboy oh my cap. My, my, newsies, one, my newsies cap. Uh, listener, um, she doesn't have a cap. She's lying. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, but if you'd like to send me one, listeners, um... You're welcome. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get, you can get, I can give you my PO box. You can send me a newsies cap. So I don't, okay. I'll just say it. Andy, I don't have any news for Andy this week. I literally have no news. Andy is newsless. He, I don't know what he's doing right now. I assume he, I can, I assume that he and Maya Rudolph are shooting episodes of baking it. That's what I assume is going on. See, in my head, raking it has become a real thing as well. Oh, my God. I don't think we talked about this on air. We didn't, no. Sarah, please tell us your pitch for raking it. Raking it with an R. Please so tell raking us it is a um, a yard, like a, a landscaping mm-hmm. um, re- 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 reality competition show mm-hmm. um, starring or hosted by Blair Erskine and... Who did I say? Who was Shit. The man? Who was that? Was it Chris Hemsworth? Was it Lee Pace? No. Who was on? Was it John Ham? It? it was John Ham. John Ham. Blair Erskine and John Ham. The Ra- Hamaconda. Yes. Uh, our friend uh, Blair Erskine is now a comedy writer on Jimmy Kimmel. She's very funny. She uh, had some viral videos take off on Twitter, uh, and and uh, she is a. Ho- one of our hometown comedians from the ATL. Uh, she's super funny. Really excited for her and everything that's uh, happened yeah. for her. Very uh, sweet. Very talented. Yeah. Uh, now, um, and what, did you see her segment on Jimmy Kimmel? 
Yeah. Like she, I was blown away. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, so very happy to see a hometown comedian making it big. Um, I believe she's now relocated to LA, but, um, yeah. so Sarah's pitch was a landscaping competition with, uh, Blair Erskine as the host and, uh, John Hamm. So, uh, if any of you guys call our people and we'll call your, or we'll call your people and we'll pitch, Sarah will pitch you this idea, but, yeah, uh, I am on we board. Need the trifecta. We need the, the making it, the baking it and the raking it. Yeah, absolutely. Because who doesn't want to watch John Hamm, you know, in a tank top, uh, trimming bushes, telling people what to do <laughs> in his shorts. Uh, he must wear shorts. You know, John Hamm has some meaty tree trunk thighs. He does. Under those slacks. I'm sorry. This is not a podcast where we objectify John Hamm. It's a podcast where we objectify Andy Samberg and Adam Driver. That is a rant. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, guys, to deviate. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any news for Andy. I, I assume he's working on baking it, probably. I know he's recording voiceover for that video game that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We know that, um... Uh, Transylvania 4 is coming out in January, but that's been in the can for a while. I assume he's probably, I don't know, maybe taking a break, uh, developing some other projects now that um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has ended, but it's been a little quiet on the Andy front. So I didn't see anything big come up this week. Of course, listeners, if you if anything comes up, uh, you can uh, tweet at us, at AdamAnyPod. Uh, let us know if you get any Andy news. Please give us some Andy news. Maybe find he's catching up on week. child care. Maybe. Uh, maybe. He's spent time with his kid. Uh, yeah, I I hope so. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's uh, perhaps get it, taking a well-deserved break or working on things that we don't see right now that will be coming yeah, out later. I think that's probably what's, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Now, as far as the Adam news... Um, Let's see. A couple things that happened since we last talked. Uh, Well, there was the SNL skit, or I hate to say the skit. I can't believe I said skit. You know how I feel about the word skit. It's a sketch. I feel like, listeners, if you don't know, uh, as comedians, Sarah and I, who have written a lot of sketches, I actually hate the word skit. Like, my husband knows that word is triggering for me. If he says skit, I'm like, it's not a skit. A skit is something children do. Uh, A sketch is a, an art form, a comedy art form. There was an SNL sketch with um, several, multiple impersonations. You watched it, right? I sent you the link. Oh, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, so that was great. So we had uh, uh, John Oliver. We had Jennifer Coolidge. We had mm-hmm. an, a great um, impression of Kristen Wiig. Oh, yes. Fabulous. I was like, how did they have an SNL person do an impression of another SNL person. I mean, it was very like meta. it was I'll, great. Uh, yeah, that was a great impression of Kristen Wiig. Uh, we also my, we also had um, Pete Davidson doing Remy Malik and Remy Malik doing Pete Davidson, which was, was I think my favorite part. Now, yeah. and, but the reason, of course, we're talking about this is that we had someone doing uh, Adam Driver. His name is James Austin Johnson. Is the uh, the act the performer who did Adam Driver. Um, what did you think of that? I think it was, it was probably not the best that I've seen, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like recognizably Adam, like the, the, they had the facial hair, the yelling, yeah. the yelling, the yelling. He went with the yelling, he went with the, <laughs> I, I will not answer this question. Uh, he went with the yelling. Uh, I feel like 
if 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 he had I feel like he needed to consult the rats before uh, I feel like we could give him a few notes. Uh, he did a fine job. Um, I, but I do, there were like, there were a couple things where I was like, Ooh, there's like this thing that he does where he bites his lip before he answers a question that he doesn't want to answer. And I was like, ah, oh, I wish he had done that. So not to give a fellow actor notes on his impression of Adam driver, but having watched so much Adam driver, uh, at this point, I feel like I've never seen him bite his lip. Ooh, oh, yes. Gosh. Right before he answers a question that he's thinking about uh, really hard. Um, and so I was like missing a little little details like that. He did get the like the sort of like uh, eye twitchy, like, you know, breathless, like after he yells where he kind of like trembles a bit. He yeah. did get that down. So that was very that was a good touch. Um, a lot of people were saying he was like the wish version you know how you when you order something from wish it doesn't look quite like the thing that you thought it would a lot of people said he was kind of the wish version of adam driver which you know i look i gotta hand it to that guy that is not an easy thing to do to be like the sexiest like the hottest man on earth and do impersonation of him the sexiest hottest man on earth that's like especially like on how on fire Adam's career is right now it's really uh, that's a tough thing to do and to step up there and and say I'm gonna be Adam Driver this week uh that is that takes some balls so props to uh James Austin Johnson of course John Oliver was there too and I was really wishing it was gonna be there was an opportunity for a joke between them and they didn't take it and I I wish that they had I'm not the first person to say that other people on Twitter as well but um but still uh it was a funny sketch I really do think Remy Malik and Pete Davidson were the highlight of that sketch for me but I was also like wow like Adam Driver is being impersonated on SNL like I feel like if you're being impersonated on SNL like you've made it to some degree like you are now a phenomenon you know and I'm hoping that here's what Twitter wants right now is for Adam Driver and Lady Gaga to be hosting. Can you imagine? Like Lady Gaga is the musical them. guest. Adam Driver is the host. Or maybe they're both guests. I don't know. Because House of Gucci is coming out yeah. in November. So yeah. uh, I would love to see Adam Driver in a sketch with somebody doing an impersonation of Adam Driver. And I just want them to scream at each other for a while. That's yeah. what I would like, personally. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Adam is back in Brooklyn. He was spotted today, actually, um, in a dog park. So, so he's, he's not done. in Atlanta anymore. Well, I think he went back to Ohio. I think he was in Atlanta, then he went back to Ohio. Anyway, it seems that he might be done filming White Noise. I think is the is the impression that everybody's getting. Uh, which means, of course, November fourth is the premiere of House of Gucci. Not wide release, because, of course, that will be on the 24th. Uh, But the premiere of House of Gucci in L.A. will be on November 4th. And that's when the press junket is expected to happen. So I think people are hoping that white noise, maybe white noise filming is over and that Adam will now participate in the uh, House of Gucci. The House of Father, Son and House of Gucci, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, press. That's what I think people are hoping for. so there's that. Uh, the he has not pr- participated in the last dual press whatsoever. Uh, having seen the film, I can't. I can. I understand why. Like I completely yeah. understand. Um, I don't imagine that you would want to have a bunch of questions about that character at you. Like I, especially being that Adam has made it clear that he doesn't like to reflect on his work, and that I'm sure he would be a, a, appalled that we're even that you and I are even doing this show. 
um, or think it was pointless at best. Um, he doesn't seem to like to reflect on the work that he's done. He wants to do it and then leave it on, leave it on the stage, leave it on the screen and then walk away. So I can imagine that especially this type of work, whatever you had to do to get yourself into that headspace, I feel like he'd want to do that work, do his best and then let it speak for itself and then not talk about it. I feel like that makes total sense. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Last Duel is not, or at least as of this recording, not doing great box office wise. Uh, it opened, had a $9 million opening. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but it was also up against the new Venom movie, the new James Bond movie, and also Halloween Kills. And who would want to see The Last Duel? I mean, honestly. Well, I think that uh, medieval people, well, <sighs> I think that it is a great, it's a great film to see on screen. It's epic. It's the battles. Like I think all the stuff you'd want in a big theater, like epic, the sound design and the score and the big costumes and this set design and the extras and all the battles. I think that is something that you'd want to see on a big screen, but perhaps there are people that are like, I, I don't know, drama and big period dramas are maybe not a big draw to the theater there yeah. just aren't that many but people also, going to like the su- subject matter it's like mm-hmm. it's about rape and it's like who wants to watch that like well, that's, i that's i'm glad that i saw is, it yeah but if you're like how do i want to spend my time and money i don't yeah. want to watch this philosophical kind of like drama about what is rape and what is not and like but the I thing know, is like, i don't think the movie is actually all about that like, I think it's marketed that way. But after having seen the movie, I was like, actually, that's only part of what the movie is about. Um, And I'll get into that, I guess, when we get into the movie. But and I'm not upset with them marketing it the way that they did. I feel like there was this was the only way to market it, because if you if you try to back burner the rape, then you seem then it seems like you're using it as a plot device. Mm hmm. Um, what is it about? I'm dying to know. Well, I mean, what, I think it is think partially about? about that, but um, I I think that comes down to this three act structure and like how each of the acts is really, or if you want to give, I almost feel like there's four stories going on here, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But it's not that the rape isn't what the isn't a big part of the movie. And again, I'm so sorry, listeners. I feel like we should have said this at the top, but we did say we were going to talk about the last duel, but obviously. Uh, you know, I'm just going to throw out a warning here. We're talking about the last duel today, which means we will be talking about sexual assault and rape as those are two things that are, or those are, that is the thing that is a big part of the movie. And so we'll be talking about that today. We'll be talking about, uh, I, I, uh, things that that may, people might find triggering or traumatic. And if, if you are, uh, not wanting to, uh, subject yourself to that subject matter, then, um, totally understand that. Uh, come and join us back next time when we'll be talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then another of one of Adam's films after that. So listeners, uh, please do take care of yourselves. Uh, we're just going to be ta- ta- rolling right into it, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, 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 I'll reserve that for the discussion. But what I will say is that this film has an interesting marketing problem, which is that it one of its big climax, like big... Uh, uh, 
actions that triggers the sort of the big the last duel itself is the is the rape but there's a lot of other stuff yeah there's like male relationship Mm -hmm. type things yeah um but yeah i think it's hard to get people out to see a movie about something that challenges their assumptions which this movie does uh and so that's tough but also i think it's just generally hard to get people out to see big dramas and this is a big drama it's a big medieval drama and uh and so people were probably like should i go see the big medieval drama about that's going to challenge my assumptions about uh masculinity and and women's place in society and and what rape allegations do i want to see that or do i want to see uh daniel craig as james bond you know what i mean so there's that the answer is clear I mean, for us, it was clear. We went and saw The Last Duel. It's an assignment. But I do think there are a lot of Adam fans going out to see the movie. Oh, yeah. uh, And I think that, and and, and the people that have seen it have had good things to say about it. Mm -hmm. And it has been well-reviewed. So it is a good Mm -hmm. film, but maybe just not drawing the crowds. Um, But maybe we don't need to assess every film by its value of how much money it makes. Definitely not. So... Uh, I think that's all the Adam and Andy news I have for today. Um, and it seems like we've already started talking about it. So do you want to just, just jog right in? Do you want to hop on the horse and just joust our way right into this, (laughs) joust our way right into this film? Uh, let's start with, did you like this film, Sarah? I feel like let's start there. Or did you think this was a good film? I should say. I thought this was a good film. Mm -hmm. I thought it was well made. Well acted, Mm -hmm. um, well executed. I Mm -hmm. think that the writing was questionable at times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I guess, I'm just going to go ahead and say say it just because it's like, I don't know when the right time to say this is, but it felt kind of like. It was written by three different people. Written by three different people, but also <laughs> written written in a way that satiates an ally, like makes makes an ally like, feel better, feel good. You know, versus I hadn't thought like about a that. Female being like, "This is my story told by me." Mm-hmm. It felt like it was like a story told by an ally to be like, "Look what a good ally I am." That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, And. Okay. I'm going to tell you this right off the top. I listened to an interview. With Matt Damon, Nicole Hall of Center. I listened to two of those. And then I listened to one with Matt, Ben and Nicole Hall of Center. This movie was written by three different people. And I think each one of them took an act. They each took a POV. In fact, when they presented this to Nicole, they said, basically, and and this was, here's what I'll say about this movie. I feel like this movie is a step in the right direction towards telling stories like this, but it's flawed. I And, and if you want to ask me if I like this movie, I thought it was a great movie. I actually did think it was a great movie. And I think we are in an in-between transitional period where we're, we're, we can begin looking at reframing our thinking about these kind of topics like sexual assault and, and women and how they were tre- have been treated as property throughout time. And in many cases continue to be treated as property. Um, 
but you're right. There's something like amiss here. Now, when they presented this to Nicole Hall of Center, they said, we, we want to write the story. Uh, by the way, the, the story of the duel is highly, highly uh, documented. It's documented very extensively, but only on the point of view of the men. The men mm-hmm. wrote down everything. There's almost there's no testimony for Marguerite. Marguerite. There is no information about how she felt. There's not even anything to indicate that she actually accused Jacques Legree of anything. And that perhaps it was Jean who accused him as part of like his sort of campaign to get his land back and all this other stuff. So uh, we don't know what her what actually happened to her because no one asked her. So. Knowing that, Matt and Ben were like, we want to write this movie. We want to write this movie, but and we want to include Marguerite's point of view, but we don't have any information about her, so it has to be completely invented. And we don't feel like we have the right point of view to do that. So we would like you to write Marguerite's story. And so her the pitch to her was write Marguerite's part of the film, and it should take you a short time, and boom, you're done. Obviously, she ended up being much more involved, thank God. Um so it was written by three different people. Uh, I'm going to guess, this is my assumption. I'm going to guess that Matt Damon spent most of his time on the first, the first P of you, Jean LaRouge. Uh, I think Ben spent most of his time on Jacques Legree, who initially that was who Ben was going to play until mm-hmm. they decided to give that part to, or to, to hire Adam Driver to play it instead. Because of Scheduling con- conflict, was it? actually, yes. Was it because that's Adam why is smoking hot. No, it's been it was in on that role from the beginning. On IMDb trivia, it was Ben Affleck was slated to star mm. in a different film and couldn't film when um, that character had to, to film. And I love Ben Affleck, but I think casting Adam Driver was like what made this one of the things that made this movie much better. Uh, casting Adam Driver and hiring Nicole Hall of Center to write were two things that really made this movie something that rose above what it could have been, I think. I will say the casting of Matt and Adam didn't make sense to me because Matt okay. is in his 50s, Adam's in his 30s, mm-hmm. and that and they talked about them being old friends and old, like, com- Yes, the real com- shot was in his 50s when they dueled, yeah. And I'm just that was like, very, yeah, I can see where that's. I don't see it. Like, I just was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, and then we'll talk about Jodie Comer in a minute. But by the way, Jodie Comer absolutely slayed this movie. Like, fucking slayed it. Um, mm-hmm. Nicole Hall of Center did absolutely write Marguerite's story. And in fact, had to write most of it from scratch because, like I said, there was no information about marguerite's experience whatsoever regarding this mm-hmm. all the the allegations all came from Jean. um i feel like for me the movie really took off when marguerite's story came for me that's when the movie took off yeah. um and I, was, so I, I was wait waiting for it i was like when is this when is the third act gonna come in I kind of wish the whole movie had been written by Nicole Hall of Center because yeah. that's when the movie really bre- had real life for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because it focused on Marguerite. Like there, the, all the, con- all the character relationships had were deeper. There was just a lot. I just felt like the movie really started to click for me. Now I also really like Jacques Legree's part as well. Um, 
But I do agree that it feels almost like there's like there's like four different movies here. There's the mm-hmm. movie about Jean. There's this movie about Jacques Legree, who's like this, you know, um, guy who grew up with no family name, had to work his way up from nothing, became this sort of like, uh, you know, like scat, like uh, scam, like uh, you know, rem- not. I'm trying to think of. Um, what the right word is. He's not a scamp. He's a cad. I don't know, a cad? cad. Is that the he's word I'm cad. looking for? Yeah. Um, who's like got a lot of sexual prowess and women think he's attractive, but he's obviously got some big problems with what he thinks uh, a sex is. All the men in this movie yeah. do. Yeah. And then you have the movie the, about Marguerite and then the duel is almost its own movie. So like that's something that's a little strange for me is how at times I don't know like how all these parts are cohesive other than that they're all part of the same story (laughs) yeah um yeah i felt like yeah you sorry you go ahead yeah i felt like uh like the one i guess by matt damon the the jean store and we're assuming i think eventually they all worked on it together but it feels to me like matt probably wrote that one it felt like like uh when you saw uh Matt's character throughout the other two, like the Jacques mm-hmm. and the Marguerite, mm-hmm. his character was much more angry and But you I know, did like, like that. I like yeah. changes in performance. I love I love a Rashomon story where we're seeing yeah. different points of view and people remembering things differently. That I did like. I thought mm-hmm. that worked very yeah. well. Yeah, I liked um I liked how he seemed much more like he seemed like the reasonable person in his re- right. re- reality. Um, but honestly, Sarah, he is a Karen. He's a Karen with a Karen haircut. Yes. Like that is the first thing I thought, even in his part, I was like, Oh, he's awful. Like I can't stand yeah. him. He's such yeah. a drag. He's so insecure. He's always asking to speak to the manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he is just like, I, I think, Pierre calls him just no fun and he's just he isn't any fun uh I think you can see on the battlefield where like maybe the battlefield is where he does best but he's not good with money he's not romantic he's not a good friend he's not interesting and his is and he looks his haircut is insane (laughs) insane um John, uh Jean was the most boring part of the movie for me. Like that first 20 minutes, Sarah, I got to tell you, I was sitting there thinking to myself, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. is the whole movie going to be like this? Because I got to say, I'm a little bored. The first 20 yeah. minutes were a slog for me. I'm not going to lie. And it's not because there wasn't enough Adam Driver. It just was like, it was a bit of a slog. Yeah. Um. But I get, but I, I understand how they had to give us that to set up everything else. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, could we have made that part shorter, maybe? Or maybe a little shorter? Um, I don't know. Maybe how they did didn't think it was as bad as, as you thought it was. Um, it wasn't bad. I was just, a, I was just a little bored. I was a little bored. I didn't care for Gene. I wasn't rooting for him. Yeah, Marguerite I, seemed like this like one dimensional, one dimensional, you know, yes. you good wife. And I, I, I knew they were going to set us up to reverse yeah. that later, but yeah. it was just like, it was a slow. Yeah. It was, it was a lot yeah. of exposition. It was like the exposition portion for me. Exposition. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I was a little bored too. Um, 
I think that, uh, yeah, his in his part, he was more reasonable than than, than mm-hmm. he, his character was in the, the other two parts, but mm-hmm. still was a little like, this is like, he's that guy. Like, he's the guy that, like, everyone, like, is like, ugh, that guy. Yeah, that you know? guy. Like, uh, like when, when um, this was not in his, this was mm-hmm, not in mm-hmm, Jean's mm-hmm, uh, segment, but in mm-hmm. a d- different one where um, he was being awarded something, mm-hmm. and he, like, kneeled, and people were, like, talking, laughing, and he was like, quiet! Or, like, or like yeah, shut up! Or, like, uh, silence! Or, like... <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. You don't like him. You don't want to be around him. He's a drag. He's, like, He's he's the he's a hall monitor. He's a narc. He's a Karen. We don't like him. Yes. We don't yeah, no. like him. No. And in every man in this movie thinks he's the hero of their his story. Mm-hmm. And Jean thinks he's the hero. He even thinks that he's a good husband, and he is not. Mm-mm. He's not a good husband. Remembers things completely differently than what Marguerite remembers. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else to say about Gene or his part? Um, I'm going to get, there's a lot I want to get into about women and how they're viewed in this society. But I feel like with Gene, it's really just setting up that Gene thinks he's entitled to certain things. All the men in this fucking movie think they're entitled to certain things. He thinks he's entitled to certain things, stature, land. Uh, He keeps Marguerite locked away in the house, it seems like. Um, but he thinks that he's a good, reasonable, morally right, even a, maybe even romantic husband. Mm -hmm. And boy, is he delusional. Delusional. He's kind of an idiot as well. He's a little thick. Yeah. Um, that mullet, a lot, not a lot of information gets through that mullet. Yeah, no. Uh, shall we talk about Jacques Legree? Yes. Um. Cad. He's a cad. Yeah. So I, Jacques Legree is when I started to get interested in the film. Uh, and not just because of Adam. I just feel like the story really started to take off. It didn't really take off for me until Marguerite's story, but Mm -hmm. it did start to take off for me during, uh, Jacques Legree. And obviously I'm not sad to see a, 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 POV of the character that Adam Driver's playing. I'm never going to be sad about that. So, um, first of all, I want to say before we get into Jacques Legree and his whole, obviously he's obviously Jacques Legree is a trash person where we're, you know, he is obviously, but I will say this about Adam. I kept, I was sitting there thinking like, wow, like this is an actor who came into this business thinking that he is not handsome. I mean, you've heard the story about him being cast on girls, haven't you? Yeah. About the he carpenter. Like, well, you, did you, uh, weren't you the one who brought hey. in that trivia? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's like he saw that it was like the, the casting description, like it was like handsome carpenter. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to get that. I'm not ha- ha- handsome. So we have an yeah. actor here who grew, who grew, came into this business thinking he's not handsome, right? And here he is being cast in this role where he is the hot one at court that all mm-hmm. the ladies are talking about. And he's like having orgies and, 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 and is, and, and is, and is flirting with women. And like the dangerous thing about him is he's untrust mysterious and hot. And for, and mm-hmm. so like Jacques Legree aside, I was just like, wow, like good for you. Good for you, Adam, that like the fucking, these fucking directors are recognizing 
his fucking hotness. Like him, this guy, Ridley Scott and uh, Leos uh, from, you know, uh, Annette, which I know that Sarah, you didn't like Henry McHenry, but the the filmmaker obviously knew of, could see Adam's hotness and was exploiting that on screen in every way possible. And so I just had to take a moment to be like, wow, like what, you know, I don't know if he's internalized this way that the world sees him, but uh, it, it made me excited for that to be like a development in his career that you're not, he's now, he, we all knew he was the hot one. He probably thinks it's silly. Maybe so. He's um, like, the world's gone mad. uh i mean he is absolutely like again jacques legree all the men in this movie are so shitty like i'm just gonna say that it's like i feel like sarah i don't want to i don't want to jump to the duel but i remember when we were watching the duel in the theater i leaned over to you and i was like i don't know who i hate more like i don't know Mm -hmm. who i want to die more right now and you were like i agree like everyone and all the men in this movie are so fucking shitty um but Adam in this movie is like so hot, like just like the medieval garb, the fucking chainmail, like the fucking hair, and like this. There's so he's like there's so much smirking and laughing, and like I I feel like I hardly ever see him laugh this much in a movie, you know. Um, and again, I'm talking about the actor Adam Driver right now. I'm not talking about the character who obviously was using his looks and his charm uh, as a way to get ahead. I mean, that's what he's doing in this world. Um, but I also think, as usual, Adam brought this like vulnerability to somebody that we very much should not like, you know? And I don't think the movie attempted to make us forgive or um, give him a pass on his behavior and what he did to Marguerite. And that's something I want to commend the movie for. Mm -hmm. At no time did I feel like the movie was asking us to feel like because Jacques Legree had his feelings about what was going on, that we should in any way be okay with what he did or look at his side of things. Like, I don't feel like the movie ever asked us to do that. But Adam did play him with honesty and say, this guy doesn't fucking know what a shitty person he is. Like he thinks this is the way sex is. Yeah. Is now a time to, to use this quote? This quote sticks with me mm-hmm. or stuck with me. Um, she made the customary protestations, but she is a lady. Yes. Like, like it, it wasn't rape. She, but she did make the customary protestation. Yeah, she had to as being a part of being a lady. Like he can't see. It's like they did a really good job. Again, I think this movie is less about let's forgive these guys because it's not about let's forgive these guys because they they it was part of a certain time. I hate that excuse. It this is Mm -hmm. a certain time we're talking about. The movie did a good job of saying this is the time they were in, and and look at all the ways that these men didn't didn't look at this woman as a human being like mm-hmm. in no part of the society are the women looked at that way and, and the uh, other went, went, went mm-hmm. women there were two two other women who yes. also did not side with her mm-hmm. because of you know well, the I way get society to was i want to yeah. get to that but what i'm trying what i'm slowly getting to is the 
orgy scene, if you want to call it that, where he's with the um, with Count Pierre and uh, or Duke. Is he a count? He's a Duke. I don't remember. They gave me so many dates, Sarah. I was like, I can't remember all these dates. I don't know when this thing is taking place. Are we in France? I guess we're in France. Thirteen. I can't tell by the accents. We could we could be in Nebraska for all I know by the accents. Um. Anyway. I believe it was France and it was in France. the 1300s. Yes. Uh late 1300s. Anyway, uh he's with Pierre and they're having this like sort of orgy and he's chasing a woman around the table and it's exactly what happens with Marguerite. So it's mm-hmm. like the movie is showing you look, this is every there we're all, there everyone's participating in this and sh- this woman he's chasing right now may not like it. Yeah. But to him, he thinks this is the game. This is the game. Yeah. They they want to be chased and I can take whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad for them. I'm not doing something bad to them. Like yeah. at no time does I do I think he actually believes he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And there is no work on the part of the society to teach him that he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they, none of them see no, these women between- as humans between adam and and ben um Mm -hmm. where basically ben's like just tell me like if you if you did this and he's like no i didn't it wasn't rape it was just like i mean she protested but like that's what they all do like i didn't rape her and he's like okay well just don't say just don't Mm -hmm. say you even were there like you weren't there it didn't happen Mm -hmm. protestations or not Mm mm-hmm you know, <laughs> and, and immediately after he goes to Marguerite and rapes her, he goes to confession, but not to confess that he raped someone, but to confess adultery, adultery, because that's what he thinks coveting another man's wife, another man's mm-hmm. property, which also uh, there's no mistake to me that they're fighting over land and that that land come came with the woman. Uh-huh. The woman comes with the land. Uh-huh. And they're fighting over the land and they're fighting over the woman. And to them, all of it is their property. All of it is their uh-huh. belonging. And there was that line that um, a rape is not a crime against a person. Rape is a crime ag- or like not a crime against the, wo- the wo- wo- woman. Rape is a crime against her husband. She is mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. Who, who said that? I forget what it was. It was during the trial. It was during yeah. the, the, the trial. Yeah. Um. Yeah, none of these men know how to have normal sex, to be honest. Like, I came into this movie knowing that I was going to have to watch this rape scene, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about the filming of it, I think, in a twice. minute. Twice. I think twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it thrice. And other sex scenes between uh, Matt and Jody. Yes. Uh, but what I didn't really expect was that all of the sex scenes would be unpleasant. Because all yeah. of the scenes between Jean and and Marguerite are also very upsetting Mm -hmm. and upsetting in a way that makes me think about the insidiousness of how women are often expected to accept or acquiesce to things their partner wants to do Mm -hmm. because we're, because otherwise we're not pleasing our husband our husbands or our partners or whatever. And how many times in, in, in your life, you, not you, but I'm saying the Royal you, 
uh, our lives as women that we have maybe done something we didn't want to, or we thought we should say no, but we don't, or we think to ourselves, why am I not enjoying this thing? Because if I, I if I like this person, I should be enjoying it. All of those things that we're taught that like we are supposed to, uh, you know, be pliant and uh, welcoming and and that if we're not enjoying it, it's our fault, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the movie does a good job of showing that and how in this society in particular, uh, they're, the men are not, like, I think Gene genuinely thinks he's doing a good job as a husband. You can see in his mm-hmm. his point of view, he thinks he is, but in her, but on her end, he's not a sensitive lover. He doesn't care about what she wants. And he's like, that was great. Was that great for you? Like... <laughs> And she can't say no. She doesn't know yeah. how to communicate with him and say, no, I didn't like that. And he's not really yeah. checking in with her. And he's not really sensitive to what's very clearly for her not a good experience. Like if he would yeah. just pay attention, he would see yeah. that what she's saying and what she's feeling are not the same thing. Yeah. And so like, will the poor woman ever have good sex? Like, God, I don't know. I just was like, God, I just hope I want her to like. You know, I hope one day she accidentally is washing herself in that copper tub and realizes that she can do better for herself than any of these yahoos can. Did good sex even exist back then, Nicole? For some, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know anybody then. I assume that some, maybe some people were having good sex. Maybe yeah. some people were. Boy. I mean, but Boy. you can't, how can, how can the sex be good if, you if no one is if no one cares about your feelings or your experience yeah. or isn't paying attention to you or doesn't know how to doesn't know how to please you or doesn't know how to look for things as signs like like women are not like, yeah look at my face do I look like I'm having a good time motherfucker do does this look like a good time <laughs> yeah um, seriously seriously I, it seems like women in this world and again I'm saying I'm talking about the film now yeah. I did read a bit about the society at this time and there were some discrepancies with how it was portrayed in the film and we can talk about that uh, but as far as the world of the film goes women are baby machines they are they are property they are like mm-hmm. livestock basically mm-hmm. and there was a very on over, pitch over the head kind of moment where gene gets really upset because his prize mare is being mounted by a big black stallion which i feel like could not have been more obvious <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and uh, he's upset and he's hitting the horse and the horse gets pregnant and i mean it's like foreshadowing of the least subtle degree yeah but it was like Mark to him. Marguerite is like that horse. Yeah. And to all the men in this film and all of yeah. the other wives, like the way they kept cutting to that very young queen. Very, yeah. very. Young. Oh, the queen and the king too. The very young king as well. Yeah. And that queen looked to be, I don't know, 14. Yeah. Uh, and, and how she clearly was as they were in the trial talking about the rape, how the queen, it almost seemed like she was having a moment of realization where she was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I've been raped as well. Mm -hmm. And I never looked at it that way. And I can't say anything about it. Yeah. Or she's pregnant as well. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, none of the men, I feel like that was probably the, the 
the way things were. Like, I think that even into the 20th century. In the 1950s, all of... Rape was probably just, like, commonplace. Well, let me say a little bit about what I read about what society was actually like. So one of the discrepancies in the film that according to this person that I read who had analyzed kind of who knew a bit more about the text and what had actually happened. And uh, in medieval society, uh, the fear was not that women wouldn't enjoy themselves, but that they would enjoy themselves too much. Like women were considered to be basically uh, illicit pleasure machines that would love sex too much and would cheat on their husbands if they were allowed and would enjoy rape too much because they can't help themselves. I know it's horrifying. And, um, and so that was a bigger fear than your wife not enjoying herself, even if she's in reality, not enjoying herself. Um, and also rape when convicted of it was a pretty big deal. Like men were exiled or killed if they had been found to be a rapist. Um, but again, it was really, I think, looked at a cro- at, at more of a crime against the husband than against mm-hmm. the wife. So yeah. that, I think, was was accurate. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Um, yeah. Um, I, d- I did want to circle back to what you said about the women in the story, because there are women in the story. Uh, I, again, I found Marguerite's part of the film to be the most interesting. Uh, Marguerite is obviously the hero of the story. Um, another thing that I would like to say that I found positive about the film was that when we get to Marguerite's story, they made it very clear that her story, at least on their end for this film, the sake of the film, Marguerite's story is the truth. There was no, uh, I don't think there was any time in this movie where the movie was saying, we're going to give you three points of view and you decide what the truth is. They were like, Marguerite is telling the truth and we're not going to Which question crazy that. crazy because we don't know her story. And to say that her story, like the made up story that, that um, what's her name? Hall of uh, Center? Nicole Hall Center wrote is the truth. It's like that to me felt like, we're allies like okay i get that I this get that. is a female story and females are always right because they're female well let's let me put it this way i don't think the movie is about whether or not this is true and i don't think the movie is meant is trying to be historically accurate uh in as a as a record of history so let me just put it that way this is a epic medieval film that is based on a true event. It is not a biography. It is not a historical account. Um, and I think that if you're going to make a movie about this, you better damn well believe the woman. So to me, what I, and I made this very clear on the last episode that we talked about this, what I didn't want was to go into this movie and see this movie using a woman's sexual assault as a prop, as a way to explore the relationship between two men. And I think that it, it, at, at very a lot of moments, it looked like it was teetering that way. But I think they've managed to remain focused on the, the ways that the society fails everyone in this movie. Like the way that the structure, the patriarchal structure between men and women fails everyone. It fails Marguerite. It fails Jean. It fails, fails, fails Jacques Legree. It fails everyone in this movie. Um, but especially the women. And to me, if you're going to make this fucking movie, 
it better damn well be about the woman is telling the truth because the uh, the idea that women lie about rape is absurd and and mo- and 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 when women come out to say that they've been raped they have way more to lose than they do by staying silent and they do make that point in this film mm-hmm. like a few times like yeah the penalty of lying about this is death you know like horrible death Right, which again was in the movie. I it was that was not the case in the real story. Marguerite was not; they were not going to burn her at the stake. Um, if if Jean bought because Jean made the accusation, not Marguerite. See, in the movie, Marguerite made the accusation. In the real life story, Jean made the accusation, so he was the one who was going to suffer consequences. Marguerite. That I feel like even just saying that is a, a testament to how little this society cared about women and what happened to them is that if it if 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 in the real story and we don't know because Mar- we never got to hear from Marguerite in the real story if that was true if, if Jock Legree did do that to her no one even gave a shit about what she said so she didn't she wasn't even the one making the accusation it was Jean who was trying to use the accusation to get things that he wanted using that her assault assuming that that's what took place using her assault as a way to get property back from Jacques Legree to, to, to get revenge on him for any wrongs that he felt like had been done to him. And this is the real life story. Um, as far as the film goes, I personally feel like had they not made it very clear that, that this, that if they're going to tell the story, then, then we're siding with Marguerite in this situation, then what's the fucking point of the movie to me at that point, if we're Mm -hmm. not going to do that. So I don't yeah. know if you if how you feel about that, but I I don't I I think it's more important to in this world that we live in to say women get raped and we should believe them than to say here's three stories you decide what you think. Yeah, no, I think that's it was it was the right call. Um, I just think that, um, yeah, I don't know. I would not have wanted to see a movie about two guys talking about somebody else's traumatic experience. I would yeah. not have wanted that. Well, I do I do think that it definitely it was not all about her. What it what it seemed to me was that um the these two men's relationship, the the relationship between the two of them caused this problem with her. Like it it wasn't that she caused the conflict between them, mm-hmm. it was that their own shit allowed that to have all the stuff to happen to her. I do think that there's a bit of that there, but I definitely think that they were trying to avoid making their personal, that those guys personal conflict be a reason for what happened to Marguerite. I don't think Jacques, I'll just say this. I don't think Jacques Legree in the movie, we're talking about the movie character now. I don't think Jacques Legree raped Marguerite because he was trying to get back at Jean. I think he raped her because he genuinely thought he was in love with her and he doesn't understand how, fu- how sex with a woman works. Mm-hmm. I oh, th- also that's what I think. That's how I think the movie portrayed it. Yeah. And also like at the end of the rape, like how he like at the door was like, we couldn't help ourselves. Like, don't feel bad love. We couldn't help ourselves. And I was it's like, like <laughs> we couldn't help ourselves. Yeah. Like what? Uh, while we're talking about it, uh, and I'm going to get, I, I feel like I really need to talk about how they sh- this was shot because that was the other thing I'm always worried about is when you're, when a f- rape is being f- shown on screen, how are we portraying it? What are we showing? 
Uh, is this something that's meant to be uh, like, I, I, are we focusing on the mechanics of it? Are we trying in any way to make it titillating? Any of those things, right? Definitely not. I don't think that's what they did. And in fact, what I appreciate about the shooting of this and what I was very concerned about was that in each version, they chose to focus on the person and the, the, the emotional expression. experience. Yes. The emotional experience. We stayed on their face. Uh, that doesn't mean we had a, we didn't have a couple of sh- shots where we were kind of showing what was going on. But for the most part, the focus was on what's happening with this character emotionally. And for Jacques Legree, it was him sort of like completely out of control, in my opinion. Yeah. Completely yeah. out of control. Completely misreading the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking what he wanted without actually having any kind of permission for that. And mm-hmm. even in his point of view where he's seeing things his own way, it still was very like, ooh, she is not enjoying this. Yeah. However, in her version, it was way worse. Way like, worse. Way worse. Way worse. Uh, but yeah, they stayed focused on her and what was going with her through on with her. And so, uh, and, and somebody brought this up on Twitter uh, when we were talking about it. And that was that, well, the, it's not graphic. I've seen worse on TV shows. There, we've seen worse violence in TV shows. And I, I think that's true. But to me, it was more effective. It was more devastating to focus on what's happening emotionally and mm-hmm. how this woman is being completely violated and traumatized and feeling helpless. And this is being done to her against her will. I feel mm-hmm. like that for me was very difficult to watch and i imagine for an actor incredibly difficult to film for both of them mm-hmm. and yeah. again i can see why you know if i were adam driver i'd be like you know i did this i did i did my performance i did what i had to do for the story i don't want to reflect on this yeah in an interview <laughs> yeah cuz you know that's what they're going to ask about yeah um yeah. and jody comer you know Ha- has the strength uh, that she, whatever she had to do to 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 shore up her strength to go out there and be the face of the movie and say, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm an actor, I played this role, and you know, uh, here's what was going on with my character and why I think this story is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- no, it was really like the the difference between how Mar Mar Marguerite was portrayed in. Jacques' uh, version of reality and Marguerite's version of reality was devastating. Like, yeah. In in Jacques' version, it was like the the kind of like he, you like, could barely hear like, her, barely hear her saying no. She didn't say much. She didn't. It was just like a she kind of upset, kind of mm-hmm. concerned. She she gently weekly, like weekly weekly ran away, yeah. kind of. Um, it, it was, was very much like, like that, no. like that orgy scene where he's chasing yeah. the woman around, and it made me reflect back on that and yeah. think, like, what was that woman going through? Was was that was he also raping yeah. that woman and thought he was having a good time with her? You know. But in Marguerite's version, she screamed, "No!" She wailed, she ran, I'm she clawed, kicking, she yeah. she she dropped, she and she cried. She cried. She said, I think she just, said, please stop. Why are you doing this? Like all kinds of. Yeah. 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 Just heartbreaking. And um, anyone who has to go through that, like, mm-hmm. it's just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was really it was really intense. It was intense and difficult to watch for sure. Um, but again, I was concerned about how was this going to be shot. And it was not I sensational. Feel like, I feel like it was shot in a way that was correct for this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the 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 women the yeah, the mother in law and the let's, friend? Yes. So there's several women in the story. We don't really see them come as I mean they are in the earlier scenes. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of I mean there aren't a lot of women interacting with each other in this movie until we get to Marguerite's story. And then we have her yeah. interacting with the mother-in-law and we have her interacting with uh, her, her, her friend, her bestie. Yeah. So yeah, what it, I wanted to circle back to what you wanted to say about that. So yeah, her best friend. Um, I didn't write down her name. Ooh. Yeah. I forget her name, but um, they're friends. And when, and they talk about, you know, this or that, and they, at some point, uh, talk about how attractive Jacques Legree is. Yeah, and her friend um, is kind of pushing it a little bit, where she's yeah. like, ooh, he's looking at you, and ooh, isn't he handsome? Like, it seems like she's the one who's, like, really, like, yeah. wow, he's handsome, and Marguerite's like, yeah, I get, yeah, he is handsome, but she's not, yeah. like, drooling over him, you know? Yeah, and then, um, after the rape and after Mar- 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 Marguerite comes forward with the fact that she was raped, her friend is like, you thought he was ha- handsome. How Essentially, how can you be raped by someone you find attractive? Tra- mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if you find someone attractive, they cannot rape you. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of misconception here. Like, uh, obviously, she wanted it if she said he was attractive. You know, mm-hmm. um, even in the God, that courtroom scene was excruciating. Ugh. Where they're talking about like, her, she's pregnant. Well, so well, women can't get pregnant if it's a rape. So, which yeah. is something we've literally like that whole scene. Again, this this is why whether or not this is historically accurate. Which, according to what I read, that sort of questioning would not be, they wouldn't ask that during a, 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 a trial at this time period. But th- the point isn't to be historically accurate. I think the point is to reflect on how these guys look like fucking dinosaurs saying you that rape cannot, you know, lead to, to a conceiving a child, which is literally what pe- men in the GOP are saying still. These mm-hmm. committees, these committees of all men who have, are meeting to talk about women's reproductive health. It mm-hmm. reminded me of like just a bunch of men in a, in a, you know, on a panel talking about women's reproductive health. I mean, did men back the then they're talking think about that though? Like you said they wouldn't have said that in a courtroom. Would they have said it at, and anywhere back then? That's a good question. I don't know that the article really got into detail on it. Uh, they did not say that at the trial. I'll say that. That was not something they talked about at the trial. Um, I will say also during that scene, or maybe a scene ar- around it, they talked about how um, uh, basically um, the w- woman also has to have a little death mm-hmm. at the end of mm-hmm. sex in order for there to be a pre- 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 pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So so basically they, they were like, you couldn't get pregnant in five years with Jean, with Jean and, um, and all of a sudden you were raped, you were raped and you mm-hmm. could get pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. so that means you didn't enjoy sex with Jean, but you well, they did were asking, enjoy. Yeah, like, do, yeah. did you have sex with your, did you enjoy sex with your husband? Oh, it was all very excruciating. But I feel yeah. like this is the kind of questioning whether or not it's historically accurate for this time period, this is the kind of question that women are subjected to today. 
under these yeah. circumstances. And so to see it in a historical context with these old fucking medieval guys, it was like, wow, like, yeah, that is some absurd backwards ass shit. And yet it's still coming out of the mouth of committees, judges, you know, uh, lawyers, all kinds of people who are uh, witnesses, people who uh, are, you know, participating in these rape trials as though yeah. a woman would come forward with something this traumatic that is, that is going to put her through the ringer in every sense of the word. Women have literally nothing to gain from accusing someone of rape. Nothing. If anything, they're the strength that the, that women show coming forward about that to be a part of making, making this like erasing this insidious uh, you know, uh, act from our our culture by saying this is wrong and it happens, and and these men need to be held accountable. Like that bravery is incredible, and yeah. I yeah. think that's what they were trying to show in the trial, not the historic accuracy, yeah. because Marguerite never gave a testimony; she never had a yeah. voice, and so Nicole yeah. Hall of Center gave her a voice, and she gave her today's voice. And said, mm -hmm. this woman that we're looking at now, you can see her sitting in this chair having to undergo these questions. But women continue to go through this every single fucking day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would have liked to see a period piece that showed how bad it actually was. As opposed to, let's give her a voice, but it's not. we're not going to treat her with respect. Like It's like, let's show how little she actually mattered and how she was not even allowed to speak and how she was not even allowed to, to have any kind of opinion. I know that wouldn't have made a good film, but yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with this, but I feel like that's not something I want to see. I need to see because then again, we're just getting, um, we're just getting the men's point of view on something that happened to a woman. And I just, I just don't want it. I don't yeah. want it. Um, I think that, Given that Marguerite didn't have a voice, I'm glad that somebody at least tried to attempt to give her a voice. We do know that women were viewed as property. Like, that's definitely accurate. Um, and uh, I think that now I, I do want to circle back to the mother-in-law because mm -hmm. we get a lot of different versions of I think it's also a, 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 we're also just showing the scope of the rot in the society when it comes to the way women are treated, because it's like, not only will your best friend write you out because you said some boy was cute. And then later that boy did unspeakable things to you that you didn't want, mm -hmm. but also her mother-in-law who says it doesn't matter what happened to you. You think you're the only one who's ever been raped. I've been raped. I didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Because it was it's like, we've all been raped. We've all been raped. Join the club, but we don't say anything yeah. about it. We just let it happen because this is the way life is. Yeah. And that's fucking that's yeah. some fucking sad, upsetting shit right there. I I knew that that's the way that scene was going to go, though. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and also I knew that's that's the way things were. I mean, like probably like everyone, like every woman dealt with it. I mean, like even today, today most every friends I have, every friend I have has had some kind of experience where mm -hmm. it's like I didn't really want that, or like mm -hmm. I don't really feel like I had. Mm -hmm. much say in the matter or I don't really feel like I did what I 
thought I wanted to do or like everyone. Well, well, I think, woman. yeah, I'll, I think every woman I know has either experienced. Uh, now there's different levels of it, of course. Like I don't want to, you know, I mean, there's like, like what Marguerite went through is like, wow. <sighs> uh, but I do think every woman I know has at worst been through something like that and survived that or been touched in a way they didn't want to be touched. You know, you get groped on, you get groped at a club, you, uh, you're with a, a, a person and they, and you don't want to, and you don't want something, but they do it anyway. You get coerced into something you don't want to do. Like, I think every woman has experienced some level of violation. Um, and so, but I do think that also the mother-in-law's re response does remind me, I think, of there are still women in our society who buy into the patriarchy and are like, you know, if that happens to you, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. And now you and why why even say anything about it? Um, or, yeah, it happened to me. But, you know, I, I like the best thing you can do is just keep your mouth shut and move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah I think honestly, that still happens. Honestly, like there was a scene in the movie where I had that thought of like where she like kept pushing it and pushing it. And I was like, girl, like they're like it sucks, but like you could die. Like and and the very next scene was when she learned like you could die. And then she said, If I had known that I could die, I would have dropped it because I'm what is it? Um, well, she gets a child needs his mother more than a, a, a woman needs to be right. Yeah. And I think that that was their attempt at circling back to the history in that for Gene, it's not like in Gene's version of the story, he thinks that he's doing something good by his wife. But what really is going on is that Gene is trying to do, Gene is worried about himself and mm -hmm. his standing and how this is going to look for him in mm -hmm. the eyes of the public and his how his property has been mm -hmm. taken from him yet again. I mean, the first mm -hmm. thing he says after he almost chokes her to death. This is in her ver 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 right. ver version, not his ver ver version. Right. But, but which we can, uh, which we've been told is the truth. Yes. She says what happened. He, uh, he chokes her, mm -hmm. which when that happened, I was like, of course he did. Of course yeah. he did. Um, yeah. He chokes her and then he says, why does he, what, I th something like, will he, is there nothing he won't do to wrong me or the, all the me. ways that he's wronged me? Yeah. It's about him and what yeah. Chuck done to him and not what has been done to his wife at all. And then he insists that she have sex with him and he's like, Jock Lurie will not be the oh, last man to know you. That was. Yeah. Oh. She's like. I know. I know. I, that. Oof. It's like that was a, that was that's like let me rape you too. I like know. that was that was fucked up. Um, I don't want to deviate too much, but I do want to talk about the wigs and the accents for a moment. I feel okay. like we need to address yes, this. We need to address it. Anything you want to before we, anything you want to say about the wigs and the accents? So when we saw the preview for this, I was really appalled that they put Matt. Damon in a mullet and really appalled at the blonde hair they put on Ben Affleck. I mean, he looks like somebody you would see at a, at a truck stop in Gainesville, Georgia. Yeah. You know, um, just, I would just, Florida even, he looks like, it looks like 
if you see a report in the news and it says Florida man does X, Y, Z, then you would see like Matt Damon's picture next to it. That's what it looks like. I guess I don't understand why they put Matt and Ben in blonde hair and put Adam in black hair. Like, By the way, somebody on like, Twitter did Photoshop some very bad blonde hair on top of Jacques Lecrae's head. <laughs> it was beautiful. Well, what I don't, I'm like, why does he get to have that nice hair and the other two have to have like. Well, I sent you the link. Did you read the link about the hair? I did. Yes. So according to the article that I read there, the haircuts were chosen for a specific reason. So we're the, the wigs are horrendous, first of all. Yes. And as a casual viewer, I'm not sure if I understood all the subtext that was going on with that hair. So I guess the filmmakers can take that as the it will, because all I could see was. Limp Biscuit, Ben Affleck, and Florida Man, Matt Damon. That's literally all uh-huh. I can see. Um, yeah. So according to the article that I read, the mullet that Jean would have worn was historically accurate and meant to signify that he was kind of rough around the edges and very out of touch with the fashion of the day. That was what that was meant to signify. That the he's mullet out of have touch. always been out, out, out of touch. Yeah, so mullet has always meant hick. Even in medieval France. <laughs> um, G- uh, Jacques Legree's hair was meant to signify that he was going against social norms, that mm-hmm. he was using his attractiveness to lure that women he into was bed. A sexual being. That he was a sexual being, that he was perhaps a social climber. And those are all mm-hmm. things that are true about that character. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you could not put. Well, I guess we'll have to circle back to this when we get to Jack Gladney when we talk about white noise one day. But I feel like it would be a crime to have put Adam Driver in one of those goddamn mullet wigs. Uh, I would have been a crime against nature. Uh, and then as far as Ben Affleck's hair, I the guess. The short hair. The short hair Didn't was they like. say something about the short hair? Yeah, like it how was meant to. Nobility sometimes had different hair than the peasants just to show like I'm better than you or something i think it was meant to show that he was nobility nobility um yeah yeah. that was kind of the idea there now why it had to be bleach blonde i don't know because he was a cousin of the king and the king did not have bleach blonde hair so i'm not really sure maybe ben Ben was like i want to be blonde just make me blonde make me blonde he's like in the 90s i really wanted this hair and my agent wouldn't let me and now i'm a grown-up and i can do what i want to do probably um and the accent sarah i feel like first of all matt damon did not try to do an accent whatsoever like matt damon was like i am i am a boston man in france like i'm I, like here oh wait I did am. he not even do an no. english accent i forget what his voice also, was like jody comer and matt and adam driver were not doing english accents they were doing like medieval renaissance act i feel like they were doing renaissance fair accents was it just me <laughs> they were like yeah. speaking very properly but not yeah. ac- but not actually doing something british you know what i mean so yeah. like <laughs> i i feel like they were renfest accents yes and yes. then p i i don't i don't quite understand what ben affleck was doing pierre had this sort of I I cannot describe it. It was not an accent, but it wasn't not an accent. Then there was like some other count who sounded like he was trying to 
be a little French, but like it wasn't. And then it slipped and it went. And I was like, look, guys, can, I, I don't know. Like maybe we could have all agreed on one thing. Like, did we not line up at the beginning of the day and decide where like, is your dialect coach? We're all going to do this one thing. And if it's the Renfest accents, that's fine. But like, also I love that Adam's mid like Renfest accent still had like a, like an, a Midwestern twang to it. <laughs> it did. It did. It's he's like, not good at accents. He's, he's not. not. We love him. We love him dearly. Love him. Accents are not his strong suit. No, no, no. He's an incredible um, actor, but accents. I, Sarah, you're gonna, we're going to have to strap in for Gucci. Strap in for House of Gucci. It's going to be, it's going to be accents ago. But what I don't understand is how they let actors get away with bad accents. Maybe like, this, how this do they the let? Thing. Look, I will give it to Adam and Jody. I thought they, of the accent parade, I thought they did the best. Yeah. Um, but also, like, there was no French at, like, there was, this was said in French. It French at all. It took me so long to figure out that everyone is French. This is in France. They didn't go to Paris for a day. Like, they live in France. But also, maybe they were worried about everybody going to, oh, 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 oh. you know, like, they really, <laughs> yeah. like heavy Le Pew accents. You know, they were like, you know, not expect they didn't. They weren't trying to get Adam to go full Pepe Le Pew, you know. <laughs> so I can understand that. There's a lot of complicated shit on the table where that goes. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how this is going to be received, but I'm just going to say it. I feel like in a different world. Jacques Legree and Marguerite could have had an actual connection or an actual, I'm glad you're nodding. Cause I, I totally saw oh, this. their brains. Yeah. yeah because she reads and he reads and even like he's an account, he's basically a glorified accountant and she was handling the accounts. Like it seems like they were both smart people even in that one scene where they're flirting, whether or not it really went down that way, or he just thought she was flirting with him. They had a rapport. And I think that in a different world, they could have had like maybe a relationship that was more intellectually and physically stimulating for her than, than what she had with Jean. But because, but, but not in this world, because you can't just bust into a woman's house and say, I love you. And I would take better care of you. And if she says no, then you fucking leave. Yeah. Or I don't know, woo her with secret letters or something, but you don't fucking take her by force. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because I think, again, this is another way that this whole system fails everyone. Yeah. No, that's something I thought, too. I was like, why? I wish that they could work work it out. Like, I wish that they could work out because... But again, like in this society, because of the way that men and women relate to each other, it's like there was no way in which a man like that would have listened to her or would have like read her expression or really Mm -hmm. been like, oh, okay. Oh, let me back the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Also like, bro, coming on a little strong. You guys literally talked over a buffet table for like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big believer in you're not in love with someone until you like have like solid like maybe good long conversations yeah, with them. Yeah, get to know them a bit. Um yeah. spend some time. 
So do you want to talk about the duel? Um, I think I had one more thing. Okay, let's go to that for sure. Uh, maybe. Oh, the word rape. Yes. So I noticed in the movie that where a lot of people wanted to say rape, they paused and said something else. Oh, like, okay. Like, took her against her will. Or okay. he... Bleh, I don't know, like, use some other... I was other... surprised that they used the word rape at all. Like, I was expecting there to be yeah. some medieval term... Yeah. You know, and when well, they, she was like, she just said rape, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, we're just going to talk about. I liked it. that she she always used the word. She did, but yeah. the men and were men like pussy footing around it, and the the men finally did use the word in the duel. Um, but other than that, it was like I'm not even going to say the R word, like. Not gonna yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good observation. I hadn't really considered that, but that's certainly true. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the duel. Let's talk about the duel. Um, again, I think my other worry when I got to this point in the movie was that we had this really deep, I feel like, examination of like this woman's struggle and the society that she was in, and like now we're gonna put two guys on a horse and like have them like fighty fight with swords. But once we got there, it didn't bother me um, because I still think Marguerite was front and center uh, and what was going on with her and the way that the the way that everyone else was looking at as entertainment was very gross. Uh, but yeah. also like the way she was just like shackled up there. Um, again, I think it was this example of taking something that we have been historically shown in movies as this like glorious moment of moral victory where you have the good guy and the bad guy up against each other and they're going to fight to the death and the good guy is going to triumph. And that's something that we've seen in these types of movies before. Right. Mm -hmm. But this, I think really subverts it for a couple of reasons. One, like I said, you and I were, we were like, I don't know which one of you I'd like to die more right now. Like, I didn't like Jean. I didn't like Jacques Legree. I didn't want either of them to triumph. The only thing I wanted, well, the only thing was that I was like, well, I don't want Marguerite to burn at the stake. So I guess I want Jean to live long enough to complete the duel and then maybe die from infection of that gnarly ball wound that he got mid-duel. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what, how you feel about that. Oh, yeah, it was definitely the same way. Um, I think we kind of whispered about, about that in the in the theater mm -hmm. that like I wanted the same thing. Like I, I, I wanted uh, Jacques to die in the duel and then like uh, Jean to. Uh, and then maybe Jean to have like a heart attack immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But after she's unshackled and home. Safe. Yeah. She's home. And then Jean just like passes out of the table. He's got like a Turkey leg and he's just like, ah, and he like chokes on a Turkey bone or something. Um, The other thing that I think the other way that I think this really subverts also the duel was very well shot. Like it was tense. You and I were literally squealing. We were squealing. We, we were, were screaming. Yes. I was hiding in your shoulder. 
Um, I covered listen. my eyes a few times, like the yeah. death, the, the, the final, oh God, oh God, oh uh, the, God, the throat. Yes. Oh God. When he shoves the knife through Adam's face, I was like, I, I fucking can't look at this shit. I cannot yeah. look at it. Uh, boy, does Adam know how to die. <laughs> um, and then they dragged him through the street and then they strung him up upside down. Like, what? Yeah. So. A couple things I wanted to touch on. One, the other way that this subverts, I think, that sort of typical, like, glory and battle thing is that, to me, there's no victory here. There's no victory. Like, Marguerite still has to live her life in this society. She's going to go home to this man. And she does, her life doesn't get any better, right? Uh, Jean leaves taking all the, he gets all this like attention now, which is disgusting mm-hmm. as being like the victor and Jacques Legree dies thinking that he was right. Mm-hmm. Like Jean lives his life thinking that he did the right thing, which he really is still a bad husband and a terrible mm-hmm. person. And Jacques Legree dies thinking that he was right and that the woman he, he loved screams at him there was no rape yeah. there was no rape cuz that's what he really thinks yeah and the society is not going to do anything to change the anybody either of them or 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 do anything to change things that could prevent this from happening to someone else in the future so to me there's no victory and so i felt like that was an important uh subversion of that like jousting for heroes kind of thing yeah um the other thing i wanted to say was that it was really upsetting for me to watch the whole sequence of jacques being like impaled on the knife and then his body left there and then stripped and hung up and i know that that was a dummy i know that guys i know it's a fucking dummy but because we've been watching this actor's films for so long now and talking about them every fucking week. I, it it is becoming hard for me to separate the actor from the character that's being played. And I understand that Adam is not Jacques Legree. And I know that, that that's a dummy hanging up, but it was still like, I was like, I don't want to look at this. This is upsetting Mm -hmm. for me. And I w- have to wonder if had someone else been playing him, would I have been more out for blood than I was knowing that it's Adam playing a character? Um, and what does that say about the way we attach ourselves to actors who we don't actually know who are literally playing a character? Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know how if that affected you in any way watching what was going on or if you were completely just like, this is a character, I'm watching something fake. Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm less of an Adam fan mm-hmm. now than I was when we began this po- po- oh. po- podcast, actually. Okay. Um, just the more films I've seen. Um, You're not a fan of his work or you don't like the characters he plays. I'm trying to parse this out. All of it and him as a per, per person. Just okay. like the more I've learned about his work and him as a person, I'm like, okay. E. okay. Um, Interesting. But, Sorry to have 
ruined that for you? I feel no, like, no. I feel like you, it's been the opposite <laughs> for me, but. Yeah. Um, no. Um, so, and I also have never really gotten attached to people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, it was definitely like, it was upsetting for me to see a body, any bo- bo- a human body, body, a human, yeah. hu- human, human body um, dragged and strung up like that. Like that's upsetting no matter who it is, but yeah, I can definitely see how, if that's someone, you know, which like, I don't, that's, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was definitely upsetting for me, probably more upsetting than it would have been if it had been like a random person. Mm-hmm. But less upsetting than if it had been like someone I I know per per mm-hmm. per personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say I don't lo- 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 like Adam. I don't respect him. I don't think he's a great a- 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 actor. Um, I just find him to be darker, I guess, than mm-hmm. I originally mm-hmm. originally um, mm-hmm. thought. I'm like. I'm like a reverse moth. I'm drawn to the darkness. I'm like a re- I'm reverse mothing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I get that. You that's not your thing. Yeah. That's not your thing at all. So I totally see yeah. why that is not as off putting. I'm me. more Andy. He's yeah. silly and funny and mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I just thought I just that gave me a moment, a pause where I was kind of reflecting on. All, not just this movie and all of the filmography that we've done, but this whole podcast and the entire myth of a person, which I think is mm-hmm. something that we've talked about before. I think this came up for us when we were talking about the Bash Brothers mm-hmm. and we were talking about the mythology of a human of a person out in the public and how it's it's not really them but it's like a myth of them Mm -hmm. and that the audience is like projecting certain things on them. And it had me sort of reflecting on my place in that as a person doing a podcast about an actor or two actors Mm -hmm. really. And also my place in a fandom where, you know, like I'm reading works that are written by people where they're taking characters that Adam has played and they're reimagining them and remixing them and writing them in different scenarios and writing stories with two characters in the story together. And like, you know, like, uh, and tweeting about various different things about this person. And we're all just kind of like, uh, uh, telling myths. We're telling myths, uh, because we all know that we don't know this person, but yet our, fascination with them our uh examination of them and their work makes us feel i feel like the term is parasocial i feel like that's a term i've heard uh uh used in social media that parasocial is when you and forgive me uh tweet me at adam andy pod if it's someone whose podcast i listen to i want to say it might have been the barely hanging on podcast which is another adam driver podcast i've if if it was you guys let me know uh i've listened to a lot of shit lately (laughs) not shit like bad i mean like i've listened to a lot of stuff uh lately and i'm wondering if you guys were the ones who brought up this idea of parasocialness it might have been them um so nikki and lala over at uh the barely hanging on podcast maybe the ones that originate this idea that when we are engaging with someone 
via their public persona or social media, we're developing this connection or this relationship with them that's very one-sided. Uh, and, and that's sort of what goes on with our the relationship that is created with us and celebrities and whatever myth it is that they are. Um, anyway, it just gave me a moment to reflect on that because I was like, if this was literally any other actor, like obviously I don't want to see a person stabbed through the face and then stripped and then hung up in this way. Like nobody wants to see that and feel good about it. At least I don't think so. But I felt, I think I felt especially upset by it because of this particular. Yeah. I could definitely tell, tell that that was what was going on with you. Um, that it was, it was, Adam and not, I'm like, if that had been Matt Damon, you wouldn't have had the same re- No, re- I probably would have been reaction. like, ah, like I didn't need to yeah. see, wow, his asshole is hairy. You know, like, I, ah! I, 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 <laughs> come on, you know Gene's mullet is, you know he's got a mullet down there too. Yes. That's not the yes. only place where the mullet is. Yes. On the top of uh, the bed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if, yeah, if it had been Gene, I probably would have been like. Party in the back. Business <laughs> party in the back. Uh, if it had been Gene, would I have had the same visceral reaction as I did? I don't. I. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Uh, the last thing I want to say is, what do you think this movie leaves us with? So the I like that the movie ended on Marguerite because it could have just ended with Gene like. Rah, and Marguerite sitting on the horse behind him like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I have to go home with this loser. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. It ended with Marguerite and her son. Um, so what do you think the movie leaves us with? Yeah, I can't remember if I said this out loud or not, but it just reminded me like it was like, yeah, like when you're raped and you get pregnant and you have a kid, like that kid will always be from that rape. And I don't well, know we, well, if we don't know whose kid it is because they both raped her, um, essentially. Um, but we can. Right. I think the movie strongly suggests, yeah, that it was Jacques Legree in the movie. Again, we're not talking yeah. about a real life scenario because actually Marguerite yeah. had three children with Jean and may have already had. I don't know. May have already oh, had children okay. at the time that this occurred. Uh, oh, but in the okay. movie. I think the movie strongly implies that 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 is Jacques Legree's child. Yes. So I was just thinking, like that was her look. That was like she was looking at her son, and she tilted her head, and she's like, Rem- "Remembering, fuck, what? yeah, like that is Jazz Jacques' child. I will always have." I mean, Jacques look child. at the size of his hands. I'm just kidding. Um, she, no, but that was like she to me, that was a, very- a rotisserie chicken in front of his face to see. No, that's just like, it was a really sad, like, it was like, this movie couldn't have ended in any other way but sad. But to me, that was a really sad, like, uh. It's interesting that you interpret that. So to you, the interpretation is, I I get to live another day, I get to be with my son, but every day I have to be reminded of this thing that happened to me. I think Mm -hmm. that's a, that's certainly a a, a good, not good, but it's a good interpretation. But I, I mean, it's a valid, valid interpretation. Thank you. I took it a different way. Here's how I took it. She's looking at her son and she definitely has this moment where the smile falls away. Mm-hmm. And you interpreted that in one way. The way that I interpreted it was her looking at him going, what will my son, what world, what, what is my son going to grow up to be? 
Is my son going to grow up to be a good man who listens to his wife, who cares about her feelings, or is he going to continue to grow up in the society where is it where he treats his own mother and other women like like less than human? That's that's kind of what I interpreted that she was looking at him and realizing I love him now and we have this relationship now where he looks up to me and where he loves me. But what are things going to be like when he grows up? How is he going to treat other women? And how will I be treated when he becomes a man? That's that's what I saw. And I, maybe that's, that's me sad. coming from a perspective of a parent. Yeah. You know? And that's also sad to think of. Because yeah. society does. I mean, I have seen mo- movies like that where like you see kind of the progression of like the the child, gr- the boy growing up to be the man who like subjugates his own mom. Like mm-hmm. it just... Mm-hmm. Like it's heartbreak break, breaking, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, like, will you grow up to be a Jean or a Jacques or a Pierre or a? It's like all, all of the them options. Suck. Yeah. Every option sucks. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts on? Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like I've said everything I can say. Uh, yes. Any final thoughts on? Uh, final thoughts. It's a well-made mo- mo- yeah. mo- movie. I think we're seeing in the on, in the theater. Definitely we're seeing in the theater. So if you're on the fence about it and you're not sure whether you should see it in the theater. Uh, Make sure you see it in an empty theater with your best friend. And so you can, so you can squeal, squeal as loud as you want. So loudly. During I feel like we duel. drove the one other person out that was in the theater. Now, Sarah and I saw it at like 4 p.m. on a Wednesday because that was the only day we could go together. And there was one other person in the theater. I'm pretty sure we drove them out with our squealing. Because we, like, ah! we were like, you know, like, and we were um, like looking away. We were like curled up I against each other. When the knife went into Jacques' face. I was like, oh, oh, there it goes. Oh, there it's, oh, it's happening. Oh, I looked away. Oh, 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 they're still showing it. <laughs> I know. It was like, wow. Gross. Um, okay. Should I even ask you if you have any moments of thirst? Is this a question I, I should even ask? I have three. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear what your moments of thirst are. Uh, Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So our Um, moments of thirst. When Jacques reads Latin and like translates Latin. So hot. Mm -hmm. I feel like my, I feel like my panties disintegrated. Mm -hmm. The moment he, yes. (laughs) So hot. Um, When he, just the fact that he liked Marguerite's intelligence Mm -hmm. as much as her, Mm-hmm. Her her beauty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and then there's also a sh- at some point he's shirtless. I think that's also the scene where he does rape someone else, but oh he's my god. shirtless, so it's the like back muscles, the back. Oh yes. my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! My face, I, I, my face is so hot. Right, like my face is warm. <laughs> I need the smelling salts. Somebody get me the oh smelling God. salts. I need to lay, take. I need to lay down on the chaise. When he took his shirt off, I was like, "Holy shit!" It's also like at one point again. This is not a romantic scene, but he's like, pick, he picks up the woman at one point, and yeah. like the muscles in his arms. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, this man. Yeah. Um. I don't know how, I don't know what his regiment is. I don't know how many days, hours a day he spends working out, but good Lord. Sarah, those were, those were, 
incredibly good moments with her. See, there's one I thought you were going to say that you didn't. But what, what did you think? There's a moment where he's like, he kisses the horse, like he's playing with the horse and he, his horse and he like gives the horse a kiss and it was, and you like squealed a little next to me. Like it was oh, super cute. And I was like, that's going to be, if there was a that. moment of thirst, it's going to be I that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because I know you like kiss. those cute moments. Yes. Yes. So Okay. We'll I'm going to add that one. That's the fourth on. one. Yes. Um. Okay. I too had the back. I just wrote down. Back muscles, holy fuck. That is my note. <laughs> um, I also have medieval Adam and his flowing locks. I just generally thought he looked really good in medieval garb. Like the satiny, billowy shirts, like the, you know, the chain mail, the, and his hair, Sarah. I know that that wasn't all his hair. I know that some of it was extensions, but it's just like. I feel like we have reached an era of peak Adam hair where like, I don't know how much better the hair can get. I don't know if we've reached the zenith of how good this hair is going to look. I feel like marriage story, like really like kicked off the era. I mean, he's always had good hair, honestly, but like marriage story to, to now it's just like, we have reached a pinnacle of, well, get ready for House of Gucci. Well, that I hair really is think he's like wearing a be. fucking wig in House of Gucci. I don't right? care. Like he's it's wearing well, a wig like, in like half of his films. Like, but it's like mm-hmm. it's. I think he's wearing extensions. I think these are extensions. I think he's got his hair is on top, and then maybe we're like making it longer. That's what I thought. But tweeted us at Adam Anypod if you know what the hair situation is for Jacques Legree, because we know that that's not his real hair. Uh, but I do think that it's. I don't think it's a full, I don't think it's a full on wig. I think we're working with his hair. Plus, you know, it's like when you get those videos that come up on Facebook and Instagram with the women and they like push the hair over the top of their head and there's like, they put a little extension, some extensions mm-hmm. in the mid part and then they flop mm-hmm. the hair back over and then they suddenly have these very long, I think that's what we're talking about here. I think we're talking about extensions, but I, oh boy, the hair. Um, I wrote. In all caps, large man. Like he looks so large. I feel like the all. I feel like they had all these low angle shots specifically designed to make him look gigantic. Um, the chainmail and the armor makes him look so huge. I, and Sarah and I have had this. Those of you who've been listening to the show have had this ongoing battle where Sarah's like, "He's not that big." I remember I turned to you. There's like a, a scene uh, when. Him and Marguerite, which we didn't even talk about how incredible the scene is and played out in all three ways. But when he meets Marguerite at the banquet that's outside where him and Jean are like making up or whatever for the public. Um, Remember, he comes out of the tent and it's like the tent. He's so tall that the tent like he has to duck to get out of the tent, but everybody else is like standing under it normally. And there was like a flap of like, a you know, like a flag in his face and he had to like move move it out of his way to just get out from under the tent and i remember turning to sarah and i was like see that is a large man <laughs> have you been convinced yet of uh, adam's largeness after seeing this movie have you been swayed i need him to measure his shoulders and all and all measure mine and if it comes back that his shoulders are are wider than mine, I will. I will admit he is large. Okay, he's absolutely <laughs> larger than your shoulder 
span, Sarah, tweeted us at Adam any pod. Who's got the hookup on, on Adam's shoulder mes- measurements? Give us those shoulder deets. Uh, and we're going to compare them to Sarah. Look at my shoulders. Sarah, you are not Adam sized. <laughs> um, will you at least admit that he's tall? He's six, two. He's six, three, Sarah. I'm six not going to have this battle with you again. He's six, three. Okay. Okay. And I don't know how tall is Matt Damon. Let's find out. Because I feel like he made made Matt Damon look diminutive. Um, so what how tall is Matt Damon? I wonder how many women have looked up how tall Matt Damon is. He's five ten. He is five ten. Yeah. Adam Ben Affleck is six four. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I'd have to look at those scenes between him and Adam again. Uh, I don't, I don't think Adam looked smaller. I can't, I can't see that. I know, I know what Wikipedia says, Sarah. I know what Wikipedia says, but Adam himself said that he's 6'3", and I'm going to go with what Adam said, not what Wikipedia said. So just his like general largeness was on display and I, 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 I was hot for it. Uh, and then lastly, I know this is four, but we both had back muscles. Just the, er- his earnest brown eyes, those earnest eyes. I just could swim in them. I could drown in them. I could drown in them. Uh, and those were my moments of thirst. But doesn't he always have brown eyes? Yes, but I felt like there were some moments where he looked particularly vulnerable and earnest in a movie where I did not expect that, which I don't know why I wouldn't, because Adam always knows how to take a character who is selfish or villainous or broken like he's this is his bread and butter to take someone Mm -hmm. who's on the fringes of society or who we should not root for and give them humanity that's like his superpower yeah i think that uh that he still didn't work for me like i still didn't see his his humanity i saw that he did a great job i'm not saying Mm -hmm. he didn't do a great job but i'm saying that this character was so like I didn't like this character so much that mm-hmm. there's nothing he could have done. Sure. And I don't want to say that I sympathize with Jacques Legree or that I think that he was in the right or that I think that, you know, uh, he had any right to do what he did to Marguerite. I want to make it very clear that I don't think that and I don't think the movie tried to make us think that. I just think that, as usual, uh, Adam turned in a performance that was multidimensional he gave this guy charisma, which makes sense because charisma is what helped Jacques Legree get to the station in life that he was. That's how he got there was charisma. Um, and his ability and his brain, you know, he obviously was very smart and he was able to do the numbers, the books for the king and all that, or the count Pierre or whatever as well. But like Adam gave him humanity. And uh, even if I don't, think Jack Legree deserves uh, our sympathy. Um, I think it makes for a much more inter- interesting performance when, when that humanity exists. As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. All right. 
So we're ready for some Adam and Andy trivia? Just Adam. Oh, a- oh, that's right. It's Adam this week. So it's we're doing actually Adam. last dual tri- trivia because, like, mm. I, I found. Um, let's see, sorry, hold on. No, man, I'm the anticipation that I'm feeling right now is palpable. Okay, look at my dog back there, just like trying to get comfortable. Oh, he found a spot. He's he's like, how dare you podcast without me? Um, so this is about, actually about Matt da- 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 okay. Damon. All right, Matt Damon can't grow facial hair. <laughs> so I'm the sorry. Make- <laughs> that's so cruel of me to laugh at. God, that's so cruel of me to laugh at. Oh, poor Matt Damon. Yeah. So the makeup department had to try out 20 different beards to apply to Matt Damon's face. He reportedly got a skin rash underneath a stuck-on beard, which was so irritating that he had to be treated with ice packs after every scene. Oh my God, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And for and- that facial hair, mm-hmm. like, you know, Sarah, I have to send you this photo. Somebody, <laughs> somebody took like those like 80s, like sunglasses, like that, you know, like a trucker would wear and just like photoshopped them on his face and and was like, this is like every high school football player in Florida in the 1990s. And I was like, oh God. Um, So the suffering that Matt Damon did for this role, not just the, not just the suffering to have to wear this haircut, but to have ice packs on your chin. Uh, I applaud you, sir. I have one more. Oh, I'm ready. Piece of trivia. I don't know if you, you you know this, you might not know know this. Guess what other movie Jodie Comer appeared in with Matt. I'm not sorry, not mad at him. With uh, Adam Dr- Dr- Driver, you know, don't I do. you? I do. Okay, know. which one? Uh, she played Ray's mother in The Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. That's okay though, because that that was a very obscure part. Yeah. Uh, the reason I know is because everybody was really excited that she was in the movie, but did it, but then when her part was so small, everybody was like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah. So they could have uh, cast anyone in that role. And I don't know if this has been said enough, but Jodie Comer dominated this fucking movie. Yeah. Dominated it. Like even like her and her scenes with Adam, uh, they were great together. I think that she stood out as the true like dynamo performance of this film. Yeah. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. <laughs> okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Uh, you ready to talk about what we're watching ne- next time? Yes. So it is B99. B99. We're, we're circling back to B99. Uh, we don't need to spin the wheel this week because we know that we're watching B99 season eight. So let's see. We're going to watch two more episodes uh okay oh sarah we only have four episodes left until we get to the end of season eight so here we go uh last uh next episode game of boils uh terry jake and charles visit the Boyle family farm amy and rosa help out captain holt so we're gonna see terry jake and charles visiting the Boyle family farm of course they have a farm. Of course they do. Maybe they'll make some sourdough bread while they're there. Um, 
So that's Game of Boils. I'm excited about that. That seems mm-hmm. fun. Also, I guess that makes sense because Jake's suspended, right? He got mm-hmm. suspended. So yeah. now we got to figure out how to keep him in the story. Uh, Renewal is the next episode. The squad comes together to work on an, an important high stakes case. So I don't know if we're going to skip over Jake's suspension. And uh, at some point, I'm really I'm really curious how they're going to handle that. Uh, but that's your next episode. Your next episode, Game of Boils and Renewal. So there we go. Uh, listeners, uh, we had a, I had really, man, this is going to be a supersized episode. I don't, I think not since we tried to unravel the plot of Logan Lucky. Have we talked this long, Sarah? Um, so, uh, before we go, do you want to drop us a little bit of the, of the deets for your, uh, for your Instagram account that you've started? Oh, sure. So I have a new Instagram account. It's called Hedge Hodges Bod Paws, H-E-D-G-E-H-O-D-G-E-S underscore B-O-D-P-O-S. And it's basically an account where I post pictures of my makeup and clo- cl- clothing, which I'm very um, interested in, and also talk about my relationship with my body and my weight and my appearance and how society kind of uh, had a big influence on that as it has an influence on all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know not a single woman who has been untouched by that, Mm -hmm. no matter what their mom said or what their sister said, or Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. like I I had a mom who's very supportive who didn't talk about weight at all. And Mm -hmm. I still felt, you know, the ways that that I did mm-hmm. um so it's like um so yeah that's just like kind of like my story with uh makeup that I like to do and mm-hmm. clo- clothing that that I I, I I I like to wear so it's just like selfies basically and your story and old pictures and my story yeah yeah it's a great account and um I think you know, a story a lot of us can relate to, and I think it's good to put something positive out there in the universe. Um, I know, like, when I go on Instagram, I like to sometimes, if I'm not looking at my friend's posts, I like to look at just, like, other plus-size women, just seeing, like, wow, they're fat, and they are loving life. Like, it's yeah, just, like, it great feels to really see. good. Yeah. yeah. It feels really good, and I know I've said this before, but, damn, I wish I had something like that when I was younger and really hating myself. I loved deeply. it. I would have loved to see that that was an option that it would, that, that you can love you, yourself. You can mm-hmm. be okay. If you, if you are fat, that if you, if you gain weight, you can be still be loved. You still are a, a, a worthy per, per, per person. You're beautiful. You're still attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So a uh, great uh, account. So everybody check that out. Um, and uh, listeners, if you want to chat with us about The Last Duel, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at, at Adam Andy Pod. Um, and uh, man, I, I'm glad we finally got to sat, sit down and talk about this movie. And no. uh, I'm we're, I'm looking forward to getting back to our pals at, at, at the 9-9 next time. So yeah. Um, So uh, we'll see you guys then.